Okay, you already know. You already know what this is. I ain't got to say nothing. I got John Norman on the podcast. John's been a frequent guest on this show. He's coming to us live from Luanda, Angola. So if we have some technical difficulties, you guys should just be happy that this even happens. I mean, the fact that we can talk in real time is a miracle. So just, you know, bear with us. But John, what's up, man? I'm good, Adam. How you doing? How's your mental health? Um, how did you sleep? Good morning. It's the morning over there. It's morning here too. It's 10.55 a.m. But I'm good. I'm in a good spirit. I'm ready yeah. for the challenges. That's so, good, man. That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's very early in the morning here. It's about 6 a.m. almost. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I wanted to catch up with you because you've been telling me that you know, some new stuff's been going on in your life. And, you know, I'm trying to do this new podcast now where it's not so much about the doom and gloom of the world, but I try at least to make it a little bit more informative and positive. So mm-hmm. you said you had some some big life events that had happened. I think you told me you quit your job, right? Which yeah. You How long have you been working there? What were you doing? Uh, I've been working there for eight years. It was more like admin work, you know, like related to translation, administrative assistance, basically, you know, a lot of admin work that includes accounting, everything. Like overall, the position was named as administration, you know, but it was just really just running everything. We didn't have an HR section, so it's really me doing the HR, meaning doing the accountant, meaning signing, signing payment salaries. It was a lot, you know. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. It started no, yeah. smoothly and it became a lot and I just got overwhelmed and I've been considering quitting from the first day I worked that I knew I wasn't going to do that forever, but I kept on stretching it in the name of everybody does that, you know? Oh, and yeah. after eight years, I've never been so happy and, you know, the day that I had quit before, uh, I had given a letter before, but then I changed my mind because I was like, oh, the money and everything... But I'll never forget the day that I gave in my letter and how happy I felt. And I was like, okay, this is a happiness to feel. Like, it's not about drugs or whatever. This is happiness. Natural high, right? And But then I went back because I was like, well, there's also the other happiness, which is the money at the end of the month. And But then I got to a point where things just escalated. You know, the energy was very dark, very negative. And then I saw everybody just losing their mind. I had a colleague who lost his mind. He literally comes to work every day, barefoot, throws money in the air, and makes cross signs in front of the flag and my job. You know, I don't, we're not going to mention the company, right? No, and no. Yeah. So basically, this was a lesson to me. And I remember this colleague started by having a little... Am I talking too much? I went straight to the no. topic. No, no, no. Keep going, man. Keep going. Uh, well, my colleague, you know, started by having a headache, a slight headache, and he went for natural medicine here in Africa, and then he fell into a coma for three months. And as soon as he had to come back, I remember my previous boss sending him a bunch of emails. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. And one lesson that I learned is you always read all these memes and everything, you know, and art imitates life definitely. But instead of us posting, I wish we could put it in practice. And where this is going is all I want to say is a lot of people say like, a nine to five destroys you. I'm the living proof of that. Like a nine to five really destroys you. And if you have the opportunity to pick the right one, then pick the right one. And I feel like this entity, these are just built to make you work and they will replace you at any time. And 
mind you, when I decided to quit, it became a problem. I'm actually still fighting with them because they owe me a lot and they're going to give it to me because I'm positive. The universe is on my side, you know, and mm -hmm. positive vibes. I didn't do anything wrong. I just decided to quit and they were not happy. Uh, I started uh, working a lot, you know, I started working until 8 p.m., 7 p.m., 9 p.m. And that's when I knew something was wrong, but I kept on doing it because I remember my boss told me I give you three months for you to prove yourself, you know, which was already a red flag and a first sign. But you know yeah. me, I'm a very sensitive human being and I always believe in giving my all. I'm one of these employees giving my all so that the company promotes me. They promoted me once, you know, it took them a while to promote me. In their mind, they just had a, they just had this this thought that, well, John does it all, so let's just take advantage. And they they overwhelmed me, and I got tired. And it's not only me, you know. I literally just found out like four colleagues of mine quit. Another colleague just lost her mind, and you know, the first sign, like I told you, the first case was a colleague who lost his mind, and literally today he's still crazy. And that was my biggest fear. I just didn't want to become like him. Like he's he's irrecuperable. Like he he had they say he had malaria, but you know how health is over here, you know, so he was in a coma for two months. And I must say the company didn't take care of him. And then when he got out of the coma, he was never the same. But fortunately he went straight back to work. Uh I work in a company where there's a lot of you know, I don't want to talk about it, but you have to be very transparent. There's a lot of difference of treatments. You know, when it comes to the locals and it comes to the the people that were sent there to work, I don't want to, well, let me just say expats, you know. So for a while, I kept on seeing this and I was always in between during my position, you know, because I was in a position where a lot of confidential information was provided to me. So they knew, okay, uh, this guy, we can trust him and all that and all the blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I was still a local and there was a lot of disrespect, you know, like my extra hours were never paid as much as I would ask, you know, like I had like, let's say 50 extra hours in a month and I would never get paid for that, you know. And I remember we had the option of taking days off from the extra hours and they, they, they suggested to me that I stop calculating my overtime and just do it. So now, and I accepted it. So now I didn't have an opportunity to ask for money for this overtime. It just, overtime didn't exist. I canceled the option in the name of, you know, your position requires a lot of you. This is just the way it is, you know. And so I worked. I worked, I worked, I worked. I worked, I worked, I worked. But also, I started realizing, like, the person that is up me earns way more than me. And this is why she's working that much. Also, I was in a position where when you're a local here, you, don't, you do not evolve. So let's say my colleagues, they get transferred from countries to countries in Africa and all the, or whatever happens. When you're a local, you don't. So let's say I got employed in my, my country of origin, so I don't get this opportunity to get transferred to other places. But we're just working, working, working with no hope of evolution, with no hope of, you know, eventually getting a higher position and i just i just quit it took me a while i just quit you know obviously i made sure i was safe you know like savings that are still with the company but they would have to give it to me um and you know i just i just quit it was abrupt I, i've been thinking about it and that's just uh, my advice to anybody who's hearing don't drag things i wish i'd done this earlier like i i'm i'm, I'm unemployed but i'm happy at it. i'm like i'm able to take care of myself what you don't understand is I, I didn't have time to cook. I was ordering food, which was, you know, 
mm. with, with cost money but now you need to eat proper so you need it was a whole circle like that that was just toxic you know i wasn't living properly even my workout had but because workouts i had complained to the superior of the company she was like brace yourself just work out swim whatever do what you can do you know I didn't even have time for that. You know, I didn't have time for therapy. I was allowed to do therapy, but then one day somebody got mad at me and they said, well, you need to stop therapy anyway because it's unfair that we're giving you time for therapy. I had 30 minutes lunch break and I had like 11 hours days and this was not good. I feel like on the, over, over, over time, it was going to destroy me and I started having headaches. It started affecting my mental health. I started having nightmares. You know, I started getting wow. panic attacks every morning before going to work. And that's why I just was like, hey, it's time. Yeah. Eight years. I don't regret it. It allowed me to save. Unfortunately, you know, you need money to leave. It allowed me to save. And I will try my best to, to come up with, you know, with projects. And definitely want to take a break. I like to travel for a bit. I will definitely work again. You know, I don't have much of a choice. But I will be very picky this time around. This lesson is the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me, you know. I've learned so much. Not only I've learned so much with the company, but I've learned so much about the importance of mental health, about the importance of self-care, you know. And I know mm -hmm. it sounds so cliche, but money doesn't buy your happiness. The happiness that it buys you is temporary, but it doesn't buy you. The happiness that I'm feeling right now is because I'm not at this job, and this is some happiness that I had, that I had not felt in a while. But you need to take the risk for you to figure that out, you know. And right. It took me a while to take the risk, you know. I actually, I, I, you know, I'm the type of person that wants people to convince me. And I kept asking people, you know, and I kept on realizing, well, the people that have a basic, and when I say basic, I mean no offense, you know, but when I say basic way of thinking, you know, I had colleagues, I don't have children. I had colleagues, I had children. So they were very dependent on the job. You know, people are very good at not being creative and just being a machine, you know, like sitting on a computer the whole day. And just doing everything, no matter their mood. And I just think it wasn't me, you know. I needed to be in a good mood to do a good job. So every time, and and then I was, it, it went deeper, actually. It went deeper. It went to the disrespect. And the, I mean, courage to anybody who's going through something with the superior. You shouldn't let them do that. We got to a point where it was very, very, very disrespectful. We went to the point where it was very, well, you're useless anyway, you know. After you have done a big task the day before, they tell you you're useless. And that's when I knew this is not normal, which sucks, you know, which kind of irritates me. Can I swear? It's sucking is okay. Yeah. Right? Saying it sucks. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what really sucks, it took me forever to, to, to get to that point. Although people were seeing it, but people cannot do anything, you know. And I'm leaving hoping to be an example for other people. And I have a colleague yesterday that just explored it. And I was like, okay, well, I guess everybody's reaching their limit, so I'm not crazy. You see, I don't even validate my feelings. I felt like, okay, you quit, no plan. I have no plans, Adam. I have a <laughs> bunch of plans written on my iPhones, you know, go to Tibet for a month, <laughs> hang with the monks, you know, finish my book, come see your sister in Detroit. I have these plans. I do not want to look for a job right now because I don't want to. I don't want to get back to it as the soonest. I don't want to get stuck in another position immediately. I want to travel. And if you get a job now, you're not able to travel because you just got the job. So I just really right. want to do, you know, cheap traveling. And then 
in a month or two or three or whatever, I will start looking for a job. But that might change tomorrow because sometimes I think about, well, if it's a temporary position or if it's something that is related to volunteering or whatever, you know, these little companies that if it's a temporary contract, then I'm good. If it's something that gets you stuck. Also, what I realized is companies, they say they don't need you, but then when you give your all and then you quit, they become mean to you, you know. They're just not honest. They usually use you. This is a machine that uses you with no shame. This is a system that human beings created. Like, this is a monster to me. And I was part of the machine for eight years, and I'll probably get back into it, but I'll choose the nicest one this time around, you know. And you deserve that, man. Like, I think there, there's, there's like a two-part uh, realization that I feel like I've had. And, you know, I'm a bit younger than you, but, you know, I've done my fair share of, of work in the workforce. And, like, I've realized to myself that, okay, there's a period of time that you should kind of be taking shit. You should kind of be at the bottom because it's important to know what that's like to motivate yourself and all and also to learn right like to to learn and be mentored but that time period of like taking shit should be maybe 18 months and then from that point on you should start naturally starting to rise to the positions and to the respect level exactly adam it took me eight years and i remember somebody telling me how long you've been there and i was like three four years five and she was like it's a lot in your life john you never get that time the good thing about it, Adam, because me, I'm learning that no regrets. That's my new thing. No regrets. You know, anything happens for a reason. I don't regret any single thing. I've learned so, so, so much. I couldn't be, I couldn't be any more thankful for the things that I've learned, Adam. Like, incredibly. I've grown so much with this company. Like, this was my first series 9 to 5. It looks beautiful on my resume. I mean, not that it's important. And I was able to save. I was able to travel. And I was able to get to know myself. I was able to know my weaknesses. I was able to know. I was able to, to be able to differentiate abusive behaviors, you know. I was able to know that somebody could be your superior, but you shouldn't be able to talk to you a certain way, you know. And yes, it right. took me forever, but I got there, you know. And to me... You know, like, like, remember the movie Lion, you know? Yeah, the yeah. L'important, c'est l'atterrissage, pas la chute. So the, the important is how you land, you know? And I'm glad yeah. of how I landed, you know? I'm, I'm glad that I, I, I'm ending with all this knowledge in my head, you know? And I'm able to... Because the reason why it took me forever, I really thought it was me, Adam. You know, as you may know, I'm, I'm the... I'm the troubled teenager, you know, <laughs> like, you know, a yeah. little bit of juvenile, like little sport. I'm mm -hmm. thankful to my parents. Shout out to my mom and my dad, you know, boarding school in Belgium. They did their best. So it was always me. You don't want to be in Belgium. You want to go to France. You want to do this. Oh, these kids. So for a while, it was me. And the person I was working with, I opened up too much and she started using it against me. And I just want to tell to anybody who's listening, do not open up. Your job is your job, it's not your life. And I know it feels like you're there forever, you want to make best friends, but I don't know if you've realized, but you do go through jobs and you rarely keep in touch. And that says a lot, you know? Oh yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm a big proponent of the uh, East Asian style of, of working, which is that you have your public face and then you have your private face. You have mm -hmm. the face that you show people when you're at work and you are that person from nine to five. And then the minute five o'clock hits and you're in your car, 
that's when you can relax and do be the person that you really are. But who you, where you work, it's almost important that they don't know who you really are because. But that's sad, Adam. Because how do you relax after a stressful day? That's what I started realizing. Like, you need to do something that you love because this nine to five is ninety five of ninety five. Oh, I'm exaggerating. What seventy seventy percent of your time? Yes, I couldn't, it's, it's most of your life. Yeah, it's most, it's most of your life. Of your life. You I couldn't the- take day of times off. That's when I knew things were going left. Like, in the beginning. They made me believe that it was an advantage that they were giving me so much power because I'm a good employee. But then I realized it's not an advantage. They're just using me because I'm a smiley guy. You know, I'm just trying to be very polite. And I remember a friend telling me, you act like you're an intern, John. Like, you're so scared. Like, you don't feel good. You can't go to work. I never call off sick. I will go to work. Like, whatever. Like, I rarely get sick, you know. They're like, dang, whatever. Like, this is a blessing. But I never, I would never call up sick. I would go to work exhausted. I would still be there, you know, like extra hours. And when I told them I was leaving, they were just disrespectful. And that's when I realized, like, yeah, they never, like, they never cared. You know, they never cared. And it's like mm-hmm. the, the truth is, is that, like you said, you are replaceable to these people. Even if you're not replaceable, they'll tell themselves that you are. And because of that, especially if you're talking to someone that, like you said, makes a lot more money than you, is actually taken care of by the organization that you work at, their loyalty is with that organization. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've worked there. It doesn't matter, like, what you've done for them. Like, they're not on your side. They're on the side of the company. They're company people, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, uh, I, think, I think a lot of people kind of know that, but they don't really understand what that can do to you in practice you know exactly they were talking to me about loyalty when i have life plans and here they are now still begging me to stay two extra months we would totally change my whole plans so to me i was like let's 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 act let's act smart okay since you're calling me a dumb uh, like a dumb person let's 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 not be idiots and let's act smart if i'm so useless (laughs) Because to me, if you tell me I'm telling you all that because I'm mad at you, okay, I get it. Although you shouldn't. But now, no, you're not okay. This is very bizarre. You're deranged in your head. So I can take it. But you'll be doing that for like two years. So you're not okay. I don't even think the entity, you know, entities should be very careful who they put in control. That's one of my main problems. But hey, who am I, you know? But what I'm saying is, I want to say to everybody, be very picky who you work with. A lot of entities are big. All these big corporates are just machines and they are using people, Adam. Let me tell you. Because I was told that I'm useless now that I wanted to quit. Yet here they are now asking me to stay two extra months of my life. Two extra months. Mind you, the, my superior says she was going to make my life hell. Now right. that I'm quit. Because you, you're Judas, you, you betraying me, betraying you for what? I have plans in my life. So what I realized is I'm not going to go back to a place that's promising me hell. So I'm going to deal with it the most professional way, but I definitely put a sick leave. You know, this is the first time that I wouldn't say I'm, I'm revengeful, but I'm putting myself first, you know, because for a while I had colleagues that were telling me, John, put a sick leave. They're not Because they were right. not giving me leave either. I accumulated 60 days during COVID because I was the fourth that needed to be there. And they ended up deducting 20 days. I was left with 40. And then they were telling me, you need to take some days before June. But every time I would try to take three weeks or four weeks, they were like, no, we can only give you a week or a week and a half because we need you. We need you so much. And then I realized that I started worried more about the job than my personal life. Like I had to skip therapy for the job. And my own therapist ended up telling me, like, you're so dumb, actually. 
you know, you need me wow. like right now. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to help you. So it was a long yeah. run. It was a good experience. It was a good learning experience, and I'm thankful. Uh, I love these experiences. They make you grow, you know. And I guess that's why the ending result is that I'm happy. I'm happy that it happened because now I know it won't happen again. And it's it's so interesting what really gives us happiness. Like I was thinking, right? about, yeah, you know, like what actually, like what you are involuntarily happy about, not something you have to like pump yourself up and say this is good, right? Like no, something no. that your body, something that your body just goes. Ah, okay. You know Jesus. what I'm saying, yeah. Adam? That feeling of yeah. freedom. God. Yeah, it's that feeling of I'm freedom. I'm able to take yeah. care of myself, Adam, but I'm also fighting. I'm fighting anything, you know, like, I don't know if I'm supposed mm-hmm. to talk about it, but I don't want to smoke weed, for example. I want to work out. Like, I'm forcing myself to work out every morning, putting my alarm going. I literally got me a different personal trainer that would torture me because the gym helps me. This is beyond vanity. It's really just mental, you know? And yeah. because I was broken, you know, Adam, I was really broken. And the whole time, like when I met you, all that, I was broken. And that's why I'm glad, like, now you'll be able to see a happier John. I was always happy, but I think it was a different happy. I was broken for years, you know, like literally they, 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 they broke me, like they destroyed me. My self-esteem at work, I didn't think it was enough. Nothing was ever enough. I would go on vacation. I'll be worried about the job. I'll be like, oh, if they call me and all that. And. I remember always coming back home and almost shedding a tears on the plane. I just was broken, but my mind wasn't intellectual enough. I wasn't uh, emotionally intellectual, shall I say, to realize that if something is not working, you need to find your way out. The whole time, I kept on using my parents as an example, which is just, you know, my parents are African, and here you just take it. You know, we come from hardship where they feel like, you just take it. This is a, just like, I feel like most of the people, I don't know about, well, I cannot judge or say what people are, people's lives are. But I hope that anybody that is struggling has a solution because I don't wish that to nobody. And I know a lot of people have this office as a job and if they hate it, this is not how you live. And I, and I remember I wasn't happy. I was treating people badly around me, you know, not responding. And I don't want to be that person anymore, you know. And that's not me, you know, that's not me. For a while, I believe it was me, but that's not me. Even my superior, I just feel like she's just miserable because she's not aware. She's in her 60s, so for her, I don't know when she's going to figure that out. But I don't think she's happy doing what she's doing. It's a lot of work. Everybody knows that. And some people would just never get aware, and it's okay, too. You know, it's okay. It doesn't make them dumber. But I'm glad I had that epiphany, you know. And, and man, it's uh, it's something that when you, like I was saying with, when you realize what really makes you happy, I think, I know for me, I always thought, well, all I need is a job that I can pay for the things that I want. And then I'll really be able to, you know, dive into my creative side. And then I'll be able to, you know, finance my creative things that I want to do. And da 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 You tell yourself this story when you're doing something so that you do something that you don't actually want to do. That was me, Adam. Dude, yeah. And and the the weirdest thing is that like the unhappiness that comes from being unfulfilled is so potent. It's so pervasive. And it doesn't allow you to be creative, Adam. I initially doesn't allow you to be a book that I never finished because I remember somebody telling me, Yeah, but John, but you could write at 10 p.m., you could write at 9 a.m. 9 p.m. I was like, No, because my priority was to work out at 5 a.m. It's the only time I had to work out. Back then, I used to work out at 5 p.m., but then I couldn't because I was leaving work at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. 
So I started working out at 5 a.m. because I was like, this is all that I got. This is all that keeps me going, you know. When do you write? You know, and then on weekend, Adam, my lifestyle, Adam, it was a lifestyle of me literally getting in my house on Friday and only leaving on Monday. I used to get back to work on Monday with my ears buzzing because I haven't gotten out of the house the entire weekend. Wow. I've been here for eight years. I don't have any strong friendships, you know, and that's why I spend so much time on FaceTime or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, no, I, I was living that. Adam, it was literally like, okay, I asked for vacations. When I was able to take a few days, I, it was really like, okay, my, my, my days off start on Friday. My holiday starts on Friday. Thursday evening, I'm already heading to the airport just to not be here, you know, because I hate this place because it's related to my job. So on, I'm, on Thursday, I'm already flying. When Friday, my vacation starts, I'm not here anymore, you know. I come back on Sunday. And boom, I start work on Monday. But I was going to places like New York. You don't rest in New York. But I was really just going to a place where life, where I told life would be normal. And you would see people that you can relate to. And I realized these are not vacations. For, for, for a situation like that, you should take real vacation. You should really be able to rest. You should be able to relax, you know. For years. When I would have a medical checkup and they would tell me, like, your blood pressure is high, you know, never related it to work. And, you know, I had a problem with a dentist and the dentist was telling me, like, you know, this is related to your brain and all that. I didn't know mental health was so deep, you know, like yeah, that people go all type of directions. And I remember he hypnotized me while just trying. I was like, you're so relaxed. You know, I don't know what you're going through in life, but whatever you're going through, sitting in front of a computer, whatever, maybe that's not for you. I remember my job, the, the, the person that I was very close to told me, uh, the life experience, I wouldn't stay here forever. And to me, I was like, well, I need the money. I need the money. I need the money, you know. And what I want you, Adam, what I want you to know is every single day when I would go to work, my boss would tell me I am a piece of shit. Like, literally. Wow. Like, wow. literally, I am a piece of shit. Like, she, she, she broke me. Like, she broke me. And you know what I'm thankful? You need to get broken, you know, to get out of the... Yeah. What is the, the phoenix? You know how it works, right? So, uh, phoenix so rises from the ashes. Yeah, and, and, and I feel know, like and, it... Oh, no, and, continue. You know, at least with me, that's what I needed. Like, she broke me. Like, she, she, she destroyed me. She made sure... And this is somebody that... She would tell me, like, you can cry. I don't give a damn. I remember I took a medical certificate and she told me, I don't want this medical certificate. I need you right now and this is it. I remember me telling her, I'm exhausted and her telling me, I don't care. And I'm glad because now this made me somebody that can take challenges. I don't know. You know, I can work hours. I can do that. But I would do that to somebody, to a company that deserves that's what I'm saying. Right. A company oh. that deserves your effort. Yeah. I, I think that like once you start getting a certain level of like self-worth, like those kinds of people in those kinds of positions, they just, they can't happen anymore. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're allergic to it. You almost become allergic to it. Like I, um, I think I told you about, I had a producer that I used to work for who, you know, in some aspects was a, you know, a very successful guy who, uh, you know, I could learn a lot from just by watching how he worked. And it really gave me an inside look into how movies are made, like how the sausage is made, so to speak. Uh, but the work environment was so incredibly stressful and borderline abusive 
that mm -hmm. it, it was really what set me on my path of getting out of working on film. Like if I had just had a bunch of really good producers that I worked for that were just nice guys, I would still be doing that shit. I'd probably still be in New Orleans. I'd still be trying to like shop scripts around, you know, to people on set who don't want to read them. You know, I would have probably have just stayed complacent in that position because it was the most money I'd, I'd been making at the time. And, uh, you know, it took up my entire life. It took up, you know, anytime a production's actually happening, you know, and when you're not in pre-production, but when you're actually on the location shooting, it can be anywhere from, you know, 12 to 14 hours that you're on your feet running around like a chicken with your head cut off, getting shit done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that was normal. I thought, oh yeah, exactly, everybody. Adam, Adam, it, say that again. You know, say that again, Adam. You I thought that was normal. normal. <laughs> yeah, you think it's normal. And and especially when you're being gaslit by people, when people are, you know, uh, just not even allowing you to, to rest or to have a good day. Like, I just remembered that we, you know, we were going through this period uh, with, my, with my producer where he would at like after uh, a, a shift after, you know, we would be done. He would ask me to do like some other menial task and I'd be like, OK, I'll go do it. And then he would get drunk and he would like just text me about like, you're, you know, you're trying to steal money from me or you're doing this, you're doing that. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why the fuck am I putting up with some Australian fucking alcoholic telling me like, what the fuck, you know, what I'm doing, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, he had his own things. I'm sure he, he was working on or his own stressors uh, that he was dealing with. But it's like to take them out on your assistant. Like I, I'm not that guy. Like I don't. I didn't ever want to be that guy again. Like I, I understood. I took a, a position, and I had more respect for just the process of making a film. That's kind of what kept me doing it, um, rather than having any respect for him or for any of my other superiors. Pretty much everybody who was on that show was a piece of shit, um, except for like mm -hmm. the actors. The actors surprisingly were like the nicest people. Um, but uh, all the you know upper level people were just rude, selfish, <laughs> um, you know, childish, you know, grown adults, and uh, it just taught me like, yeah, I don't, I, this isn't the environment for me, you know. But if and and even though film was my passion and it still is, uh, I had to realize to myself like, this ain't the route, bro. Like, do not sep do not separate your um, ambition from your self-worth like you can't be so ambitious that you nullify your own self-esteem just to get ahead exactly. and that was a big life lesson just like you said like i learned from that like they they thought i learned like how to make movies or how to be a producer and i learned a little bit of that but what i really learned was i don't there's a certain level of shit i'm gonna take and there's a certain level of shit i'm not gonna take and i better mm -hmm. I, and i better make that line in the sand myself because if you don't have that line people will push right up to your very core of who you are and get you need that line from the that. beginning adam from the beginning right, i had that line i just let it happen 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 i think i think we all though i think we all let it happen because when you get into the workforce and when you start somewhere you know you're talking to probably people that you know the people that first tell you about work at least in this country are going to be you know 
your parents, baby boomers, people who are in their 60s. Exactly, yes. And they're like, oh, I worked three jobs while going to school and da-da-da-da. Uh -huh. their little war stories about the workforce. So you're like, well, you know, I got an iPhone. My life is comfortable. Like maybe I should just, you know, get shit on all day. And that's, that's fair because my parents had to work three jobs in college. And it's like, yeah, when they were working those three jobs in college, they could afford they could afford to go to college. I could work three mm -hmm. jobs right now and not even scratch the surface of what it exactly. costs to go to college. So it's like we don't live in the same economy anymore. Our work is not no, we don't. Our work is not financially gratifying anymore in the way that it was two or three huh. generations ago. So it's like you're taking all this mm -hmm. shit for not a lot back, not a lot back. The people that I see who really get into the whole corporate game are either one people like your boss who are actually getting compensated the right way or two mm -hmm. the people who in, in exchange for their self-esteem and compensation will take on the identity of the entity that they work for they will become exactly. they will become in the most in the most basic sense of the word a company man you know that is their that's what that was mean. yeah and i think I think uh, that's a very acute form of psychosis. I think in a hundred years we're going to look at you know someone who works you know a, a ninety hour a week job and doesn't see their family or friends and spends years and years unhappy. I think we're going to look at that as a form of psychosis. We're going to look at it as a mental illness because it is. You know, Adam, I always wonder like, is it us? Are people happy when they're doing the nine to five? When I started talking to colleagues, they was like, "Yeah, I'm not happy, but I want to buy a house." I'm not happy, but I have kids. And I was like, why don't you try looking for other jobs? You know, I had people at my job that were falling asleep. I didn't have this luxury, you know, maybe I would have stayed longer, but not really. I don't believe in that either. But I have colleagues that just sleep over there, so they're happy, you know. And I kept on basing, and no disrespect to them, but I kept on listening to them. But then I realized these are people that don't want to see the world. They have never seen the world. We don't have the same ambitions. Why are you using them as a reference, you know? Right, and it right. Took me a while to get, it took me a while to get to that level where I was like, you need to think for yourself or at least surround yourself with people that think alike, you know? Yeah. I listen to everybody. I value anybody's advice to me is valid. And I think sometimes it fucks you up. It can, it can. And I think, yeah, taking the wrong advice from the wrong people is a great way to just sort of you know, take too long to make a decision that you and your heart already know you need to make, you know? It's like, you exactly knew- Exactly what happened with me, Adam. It took exactly me forever like, because I was listening to people telling me like, don't do this, this is a good job. Yeah, and, and, and you know, they're not you and they don't have the ambition, they don't have the, the, the sense of self to ask for more than what they have. You know what's funny? Yeah. It's when I quit, the big, big boss was like, Oh, when I met you two years ago, I told you that I would hope that you would quit because I could see your life, um, what you've been doing, traveling and all that and being stuck in an office and doing what you're doing could be a little, I was a little worried. And then she was like, yeah, I'm so happy that you quit, which to me was strange and, you know, yeah, gratifying. I was thankful that even her, she was like, yeah, because me, I'm here temporary, I'm going to leave, but I'm happy that you, this is a wise decision, honestly. You know, she was supposed to tell me the opposite. This is a big, big boss, not even my boss. Her, she was like, I'm glad that you're quitting. Like, the, the environment is not is not the best. And I'm glad that she was smart enough to think, like, okay, let me get out of here, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And she was honest with me, very challenging times, COVID or whatever. But if you're not happy, what's the point of extending it? And I'm sure you'll do all right, you know. Mm-hmm. You have other skills, and I know I will be okay. This cannot yeah, be the only company gotta... in the world. Huh? Right. That no, that's what you've got. Like I, I struggle with that. I struggle I I'm very much into catastrophizing situations and being like, oh well, I'll never get another job if I quit this Damn. one. Or you know, <laughs> and it's and it's like that's just not true. The people who employ you know that you're an asset and they know that someone else is gonna get you because you're just that good at what you do. And mm-hmm. you know, when when uh when you have that lack of faith in yourself, it just slows you down. Like that you have to, at a certain level, almost be insane. You have to like believe in yourself to almost an insane level and be like, no, I am, I am an asset. Any company I go to would, would be, it would, it would be a privilege for them to, to have me. Like you really have to believe that because if you don't, you're going to get taken advantage of. Somebody's going to sniff out Mm -hmm. that you don't believe in yourself. That's, that's what a real sociopath does is they're going to figure out somehow that, Oh, this person doesn't believe in themselves. Oh, well, this is easy. I can control them. All I got to do exactly. is just dangle that carrot in front of them. Yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, man, it's it's so happy to hear. And you sound different. You 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 definitely sound like more present and more aware. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, from the last time, the last couple of times we talked. Not that you were sounding bad or anything, but just I can tell that there's been a shift. In, in your you know what I'm saying? Like I just feel yeah. I just feel complete. I feel like I'm getting back to myself slowly but surely. And I feel like any battle that's coming, I'll be ready. Versus when I was in my job, any battle that would come was just so much work for me. It would be little things like now I have to deal with a bank and I'll be too weak to deal with a bank because I'm always at work. Adam, I was at work all the time. I couldn't take time off to go deal with a bank issue. I couldn't take time off to go buy some paint because i want to paint you know i would get right. home and i'll get inspired and be on my phone you can't be on your phone you know and there's some days i will be super excited because now i have two hours to be on on on, on google and googling some art and i'm inspired and i wish i could just you know like sometimes okay i'm taking the afternoon off i'm inspired i want to go home couldn't do that i just had to be there all the time and it was just he got to a level where i was like i can't do this anymore this is impossible like you're not supposed to I don't care what people tell me, you know. No, yeah, it's it's not supposed to be that way. And people who, like, here's the thing. If you're really passionate about something, like, let's say I got, like, a writer's assistant job, I would treat that like it's a 24-hour, 365, like, on-call kind of thing, you know. Because me I'm too. Because I'm me passionate too. about it, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're doing something that's just for the money and it's requiring your entire life to sustain it, it's a hell. It's a type of um, it's a type of prison. Like the the most upsetting thing is that sometimes, and I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like you do. You won't even allow yourself when you're in those kinds of jobs to consider how much happier you would be without the job because you want to just be grateful that you're working mm-hmm. and you have money, and you want to say, "Well, I've got money in my pocket. I this I get to think this way because, like, oh, first world problems." But it's like a problem is still a problem, and it will still eat away at you, and it will still cause other issues. Like I know for me, my my mental health with the job that I have, and it's not a bad job. It really isn't, and my the way I'm treated is great, and like you know, just the workload is very manageable most of the time. But do I am I passionate about it anymore? Do I really? It's like no. I was expecting to be promoted, you know, 
some time ago and I still haven't. And there's just, it just sort of feels like I've been a little bit forgotten, you know, at my job. And I'm just like, well, this kind of seems like a little bit more dead end than I had originally assumed. And that can kind of really eat away at you when you're doing something where you just don't feel that hope of ever, you know, climbing to the next step. And it's like, I couldn't, you know, a part of me is like, anything can happen. You know, I have a number of clients where if, you know, if, if one of them happens to move forward with a particular project, like I will, that will make me more sought after as the person to be promoted. But it's still just like, it's like winning the lottery. Hoping for that is just as, you know, uh, common as winning the lottery. So it's just like, I, you know, I want some more control over my life and I can see how my brain almost subconsciously reacted to my lack of control by trying to, you know, control my, like the amount of substances that were in my body or how I felt during the day or the things that I did or the things that I bought, you know, and it's just like, it's pervasive. It gets into every little nook and cranny of your life when you're fundamentally unfulfilled, you know? Yeah. I totally get you. Uh, one thing that I learned also is the environment. I remember when I was leaving work, I always felt like, hey, if I had more friends, if the environment was better, it would help. Um, well, no, I'm about to contradict myself because now that I'm not there anymore, actually, I'm appreciating Angola, strangely, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm walking around and I'm like, this is a good place. The, it has its issues, but sometimes it's how you look at things, you know? It's how you look at things. And but when I ha- when I was at the job, everything was just so negative to me. Like I hate this place, I hate this. This place is not the best, but it has its beauty, you know. Everything, you know, like America has, has its own problem where you guys are. Here we have our own problems, you know, that come from <laughs> from many consequences. But we have the ocean. I always trying to turn a negative into a positive, you know. We have problems with the banks and all that, but we have inflation, but we have the ocean, we have the sun, you know, we have people that are always happy. Music is important and i remember when when i quit the job i started walking around and i was like this is a beautiful place actually i was just not seeing it because i was you know talking in in hell i call it hell and mind you i just left you know i put i put a sick leave i do not want to go back and last time you know i did therapy I did a lot of therapy and my therapist started getting worried and she sent me to a psychiatric. And me, I was scared, you know, in the beginning. I was like, yeah, I don't want to get locked. You know, just joking. I don't want to get locked yeah. and all that. She was like, no, you're good, John. But you need to go to psychiatric. I never, t- I never took mental health that important. And I wish I did. Mental health is such a priority right now, Adam, because it's because of me taking care of my mental health that I realized that this job is the reason why my mental health is pretty fucked right now and I should just stop with this. You know, I went to the psychiatrist and he gave me some pills to calm me down. And I remember I kept on telling him, these pills are just going to make me go back to the job and do my job. This is not what I want. And he was like, "Okay, I'm proud of you, John, because I want you to make a decision. And I was like, I made a decision. I quit. And he was like, "Okay." And then he asked me, how can I help you? And I was putting a movie telling him I don't want to go back to work, you know, almost crying like a little toddler. And then he was like. You want me to give you a 30 days medical leave? Because you're not okay. We're not lying. We're not cheating. You're not okay. If, if she promises you hell and your mental health and you're sensitive, there's no point you're going back there, you know? And then if you, right. if you give them a 30 days notice, then let me give you a 30 days medical leave. And he gave me a 30 days medical leave. Mind you, the company that told me that I was useless is now asking me, like, can you reduce your medical leave to two weeks? 
how do you reduce the medical leave that's already given to you? So now go back to the psychiatrist who's going to look at me like I'm crazy, be like, but I, I'm trying to help you, and now you want to help them. Because they, they kept on making me understand, like, these people are not helping you, but now you want to help them, no. you know? And right. she was like, can you reduce your, to, to do your handover? Because they were like, you don't have to do a handover. You're just done. You're not good. You're not able to work. So you don't have to do anything. You give your 30 days notice, but you also have a medical leave that says that you cannot work for your, for your last 30 days notice. Yet you will get a salary, obviously, because it's a medical leave. Mm -hmm. They were no, asking I think, to reduce. Hmm? I, th I think it's like, it's very much this like uh, unfortunate reality that it is you versus the company you work for. Like they're not on your team. You're against them. Like you're the one who has to fight for the benefits. You're the one who has to ask for time off when they don't want to give it to you. Like, I didn't want to give it to me. That's why I went that route. This advice was given to me five years ago. So now I'm in a situation where they're asking me to reduce for two weeks a medical leave that's already been given stamped to two weeks. Can you come back work for two weeks while I'm sick? And I'm like, you guys are sick. You asked yeah, me to come sick. work now that I have my 30 days. And they're also asking me, besides that, they're also like, could you stay two more months? And the, the, the bus that you're having problems with will be on leave. You know what's happening? The bus that I have an issue with needs to go and leave for mm -hmm. other purposes. And that's why they want me to be there. And I'm like, I can't keep on helping people that wish me hell. She literally wished me hell when I quit. She was like, I hope anything in your life that you do doesn't work. This company leaves without you. You're useless anyway. Oh, yeah, you did so much, but that's because you had an advantage. It's like, which, which advantage did I you had a You had a good reason to do such it's like, which good reason did I have? I was just doing my job. I was just being professional. And now they're yeah. asking me to go for two more months, you know. And had I been to John six months ago, I would have gone back. Oh, I understand. You know, corporate right. world. I want to do clean. Today, I'm like, nope. 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 Because I saw nope. the real, real face. I quit. You got mad at me. And then you realize, yeah. can you please stay uh -huh. two more months after everything <sighs> you've told me? No. Nope. No, sorry. And it's good that you are now like you're the one telling them like, no, I, I have the cards now. I can decide if I want to come back or not. There's nothing you can do to me anymore. That's mm -hmm. going to make that you can't pressure me anymore. And like one Actually, of the things me going back, that will be me allowing them to do what she promised she was going to do to me because she said, because mm -hmm. the minute I gave them the letter politely, first of all, they were complaining that was it was a three lines letter. You know, Adam, I asked a friend of mine from the state. I tried to be very American. You know how you guys are, right? Short, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I remember Googling a, a template. And it was an example, but it was a U.S. version of a resignation uh -huh. letter, right? And yeah. it was three lines. I'm thankful for all that you've given yeah. me. You know, all the blah, blah, blah. And yeah. boom. Yeah. Don't tell and them. What, they were mad at this. They were like, it, it was very short. It's so unpolite after everything we've done for you. It's not after everything I've done for you. I don't have much to give you but the three lines. If you really want me to say why I'm quitting, then we this this is this, we have a problem. Right, so, right. Man. So, John, we're we're coming up on 45 minutes. I want to keep going. I just want to make sure that I have uh, the the right um, the right amount of space to make this into a two part episode. So, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. end this. I'm gonna end this, and then I'm gonna go make some coffee, and then we can continue. You can keep going. Cool. Right? Let me know. I'm here. Okay. All right, I'm literally just going to... All right, guys, this is the end of part one. Uh, peace to John. And also, at the end of this, I'm just going to say, if you do want to quit your job, do it like John did and save money. Like, don't just leave your job. Like, yeah. that's, not what, that's not what we're advocating for. 
We're no, saying, no, 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 that's not. <laughs> yeah, we're saying this is the disclaimer. Like I should have said this at the beginning. Definitely have a plan and have some money in your pocket or cash out your 401k. Just do something, but don't yeah. leave and have no money. No, I was going to get there on the second part that everything yeah. was planned. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. Everything was planned. but um. Okay, just, cool. Like, also mentally, everything. We'll start with that on the second part. Just hit me up. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Hold on. Bye.